The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrough. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast, sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You probably were there watching the World Cup. The U.S. fought their guts out but lost. You still got quarterfinals, semifinals of that. You've got baseball if yeah, you want to watch I'm that. Be football's only LSU football is only 60-some-odd days away. they got over 130 draft beers on tap. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You should support them because they, they support us. All right. Before we get to Jimmy Graham, that that, that decision is either, co- either coming down tomorrow or most likely Thursday. No, it's coming Thursday for sure. Well, didn't he say no later than Thursday? No, he, he said, said no not sooner. a day before, not a day after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's definitely it's definitely Thursday. So we'll Great get to Jimmy. We'll get to Jimmy Graham, and we we'll get to your Twitter questions in a second. But we're going to start with the World Cup. If you don't like it, fast forward. Um, dude, Can it I was a gut. Forward? It was Andrew. It was a gut terror today because Tim Howard. I don't. A lot of times, people in soccer will say goalie stood on his head or whatever. I don't even think that does it justice. It's probably, in seriously, in the ten years I've been watching soccer and the five years I've been watching it, kind of hardcore in the EPL. That's maybe that's probably the definitely the best goaltending game I've ever seen. Like it was, it was, oh. it was ridiculous. Oh, I mean, I've been watching soccer since I was a little kid in Europe and you know I mean uh, that was the best performance I think I've pretty much ever seen. Tim Howard truly was unbelievable and single-handed single-handedly kept the U.S. in that game um, but I was telling you before uh, when we were talking before we started this podcast that you know I felt like the U.S. played it the right way. Belgium was clearly the better team. I mean obviously the better team. No comparison. So they kind of packed it in defensively. Um, you know, they played with one man up top, and, you know, Cameron was kind of a roaming fifth defender. And uh, they, they basically packed it in and tried to – Tim Howard had the game of his life. That's what they were banking on. And then you get that opportunity in the 92nd minute. Um, you know, that's what they were hoping for. You know, they knew they were going to get less chances to score than Belgium. But the, all it takes is one. So, you know, you hope you get fortunate on that one. You know, Wando puts that home. And U.S. steals it right at the end of the at the end of the game. So, um, you know, they had the opportunity right there. That was it. And yeah. uh, you know, unfortunate they didn't make it. But I thought they played well. And you know, I, like I was telling you earlier, again, I mean, that this was a, a tough pass for the U.S. You know, they didn't have the advantage of 
playing a team like Algeria or Greece or Costa Rica. I mean, yeah. Belgium is right on the heels of the other four team, three teams they played as um, arguably tougher, you know, than, than anyone they've played. So that's just a brutal pass for the U.S. And, you know, they, they hung in there. They, they I think in the four matches you take away that U.S. is clearly inferior to teams like Belgium and Germany, but they're getting better. It, it wasn't an embarrassment. Yeah, I mean, Dave, were you did, – did you did you watch it all or did you be a good American and work and not – give a shit about soccer yeah because i'm american i was working like i should be uh i didn't take the afternoon off i didn't uh turn the tv on while i was sitting at my computer Uh, do i I get credit for being a good american because i went to work early so i could leave early i I guess that's that's fairly respectable (laughs) Um, um no i didn't watch it i can tell you if the guy if 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 uh Oh, sorry to spoil it for you, Dave. I know you have it on DVR. You're dying to watch it. If, uh, if Tim Howard is setting a record for most saves in a World Cup game, that obviously means uh, they were getting their asses kicked. Um, kind. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. It was yeah. weird. It they was, got dominated. It was yeah. weird. It was weird because it felt like Belgium had the ball like 90% of the time, but. They didn't really. It's just the United States kind of fritted it away. And the well, thing, Ralph, Ralph, time of possession is the most important stat in soccer. Well, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It wasn't. It wasn't as lopsided as you would think. It was only like 52-48, I think. Yeah. But, okay. But, but Belgium, like. Uh, well, then, then, then the U.S. should have run the ball more and stopped passing. <laughs> you know, honestly, it kind of reminded me of the same Seahawks playoff game, where like the Seahawks were just. They kept getting field goals. Yeah. And it was like 15 nothing, And then the Saints get a bullshit touchdown and kind of – they're just kind of hanging around. You know, and they have the shot at the end with the onside kick and the Colston play, the Meacham catch. I mean, they, a couple crazy things happen. They're kind of hanging around at the end. But, uh, I mean, it kind of felt like they got their ass kicked. Yeah, and the thing was the, – the, the thing that was uh... – if you if you if you watch soccer a lot, you'll and it's sort of jarring at first, Andrew. As you, you watch the EPL and you see these coaches, they're like, you know, we deserved better. We didn't get the res- we we deserved a result from this game. And you're like, man, you lost freaking, you lost three to nothing. But it's like soccer, it's not a bug. It's a feature of it where of all the sports, you can kick someone's ass and you get fucked more than any other sport. I think. And, I agree. And the United States, the thing that should be talked about too, besides Tim Howard, is that set piece that the United States ran at the end that didn't score. Holy shit, that was a nice set piece. They ran like a little trick play head, Dempsey inside, and the Belgian keeper who's like 20 and is like the, the doctor from the Fantastic Four. He's got such good reach. He made a fantastic save. Um... But I mean, you just—it's—it's it's frustrating to me because, God, it, you just Wand, the Wandelowski, you gotta—you gotta nail that. You, that's like Tracy Porter dropping the interception against Minnesota. When you <laughs> when you get your chance to to steal that shit, you gotta, you know. That's that. That was it. Yep. You know. And uh, but again, again, I mean, I just think the U.S. played that right, and uh, it didn't go their way. I mean. It's, one of the, it's, it's funny, like, getting into the psychology of it for a second, I won't bore you with this too much, but growing up in Europe, 
you know, soccer kind of, you talked about how these European clubs and these countries, they, they, they say we deserved better. And that's kind of the mentality. It's kind of style over results. You know, it, it's almost like even when they win matches, they win 2-1 and they're like, yeah, but we didn't play that well. And that's, that's kind of how the, the media portrays it too over there. You know, yeah. it's like disappointing result. But like in the U.S., you know, the mentality is all, what's the result? doesn't matter how we won. We found a way to win. That's all that matters on paper at the end of the day. And um, So, I mean, that's kind of how I felt about this game. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. You know, it doesn't, doesn't fucking matter if it's 32 shots to, to seven or whatever it was. The you know, bottom line is you bang that one in the net. It's one zip. Game's over. U.S. advances. Belgium doesn't. doesn't matter who deserves anything. And so, you know, again, I, I thought they played it the right way. They just got unlucky. Yeah, and it was it and it was fun while it lasted, and it'll still be fun. I'll still watch it, but uh, it was a good summer filler because it's almost training camp time practically. You know? Yeah. Well, I blame I blame LSU baseball for blowing the regional and <laughs> basically making college World Series a bore for me. So thank God for the World Cup, which kind of ate a lot of that time. It did. I I I love the World Cup, and I love the way ESPN is covering it. I wish they would cover f- regular football like that. I don't know, Dave, you probably haven't, but th- they have this thing, Men in Blazers, where it's two British guys, and they just goof on the players and the coaches, and it's fantastic. I wish ESPN would have the balls to do something like that to cover the NFL, but of course Sounds they Sounds like our podcast. Kind of, kind of like our podcast, you know. Um, they yeah, Dave's wearing a blazer right now. Yes, and nothing else. (laughs) All right, now we'll get – the World Cup is wrapped up for the United States, so no one cares. Um, We'll get to Jimmy Graham. The decision is Thursday. Uh, So, Dave, I'll start with you. We've heard it a million ways. People, I think this, I think that. But what you think Jimmy Graham deserves to win or the Saints deserve to win. But what's going to happen Thursday? Uh, I think he's going to get ruled as a tight end. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that we're reaching this point. I, I said this, and I was wrong, apparently. Uh, unless unless a long-term deal gets struck tomorrow, uh, I thought that the Saints and, and Jimmy Graham would have reached a long-term deal before a decision would have to be made. But uh, unless something happens tomorrow, I guess that means I'm wrong. Um, well, well, do you do that? Well. When I said prediction, that can be part of your prediction. Do you do you do you know you can say no. I think Jimmy oh. Graham's going to win, I think the Saints are going to win, or I think there's going to be a long-term deal 
before no, I think, the announcement. I, think, I mean, I think at this point it's too late. I mean, I, I think the Saints are going to win. I think Jimmy Graham's going to be ruled the tight end. And, um, you know, ho- hopefully what this does, and I guess what I, I still think Jimmy Graham's going to sign a long-term contract. I don't think he's going to play the 2014 season under the franchise tag. Um, now, I think once this decision gets handed down, that's that's going to expedite negotiations between the Saints and Jimmy. Um you know, that'll give them their answer and that'll, that'll help them determine how much Jimmy deserves to be paid. So uh, if, and when it, the decision does, does come down, um, you know, I, I think that uh, shortly thereafter, we'll see Jimmy get a long-term group deal. Andrew, what's your prediction of what happens Thursday? Uh, I mean, you can predict, you can predict the long-term contract if, extension before that, if you so desire. I mean, honestly, no, honestly yeah, sorry, before, go before Andrew, goes i mean honestly i mean really a, a long-term deal should be done the same day as the decision to be honest with you i feel like there should be the, the the two sides should have already come up with two different scenarios one you know one contract if he's ruled a tight end and one contract a wide receiver and as soon as the decision comes down they should say okay then this is the contract we're going to go with i mean that's the way it really should be done i mean i i doubt that that's the, the situation but i mean if they're if they're waiting for this decision um, obviously they know if, 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 if he's ruled a tight end then they're going to say, okay, well, we're going to pay him this much and this is how much he deserves. And if he's ruled the wide receiver, then they should have already said, okay, well, we'll, we'll go this route and we'll pay him this much. So, I mean, honestly, the decision should be what determines the long-term contract, but it'll probably drag out a little bit longer. But Andrew, what do you, uh, I mean, if I were to predict, um, I mean, the question just comes down to what they view the slot position as. You know, does the slot position count as a wide receiver? And I mean, I think technically wide receiver um, by by name um, illustrates that the guys split out wide. So I don't I don't think that being in the slot necessarily constitutes you being a receiver. Um, I mean, there's guys that are in the slot that that get handoffs. Um, there's guys in the slot that block on running plays. So anyway, um, I mean, we'll see it. But I think I think. Uh, I think I don't know. I keep going back and forth with this, honestly. I mean, I think it's 50-50 on what the ruling will be. My main concern here is, you know, it, it, there, either side can appeal. And if, if there is an appeal, you're looking at a three-man panel at that point, which would uh, basically decide whether the, you know, it gets overruled or if it's upheld, the decision that Stephen Burbank makes on Thursday. But uh, my concern is, you know, so here we are, like we're in July pretty much, and we're looking at decision being made on July 3rd, and then you've got, you know, the weekend, uh, so the 4th of July, and then Saturday, Sunday. So you're like, it's like Jan, Jan, it's like July 6th or 7th at that point, um, and then you've got a week till July 15th, which is when Graham has to sign a long-term deal or he's got to play under the one-year tender. So I don't, I don't know if they fit the the appeal inside that week window that they have so that that's where i start to get nervous is if there's an appeal and this gets hung up and then what happens to the july 15th deadline so um that that's kind of a scenario that's a scenario i'm nervous of because i mean i, I would think either party would appeal the decision if they yeah, don't get what they want i don't see i don't see what would be the reason why jimmy graham wouldn't wouldn't wait for the decision to come down like he to me he doesn't have a very strong incentive to sign a long-term deal with the saints because the saints 
have offered him supposedly more than Rob Gronkowski. So I don't see him signing a long-term deal like tomorrow or Thursday before the ruling comes out. I just don't. I don't see that. I I think he's waited. And he, and Dave, do you think maybe the the players' union is like Jimmy? We want you to get a decision for us to yeah. help with clarify this 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 deal. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I I think Terrell Suggs. Yeah. With um Baltimore, I I think he had a. Uh, you know, an appeal, but it never really got to the decision-making process. Um, I mean, they've been down this road and, and, and nobody has taken it the full course. Um, so if, if we do get to Thursday, um, this will be sort of monumental um, because it does set a precedent for other positions and for the franchise tag. And it, it does change this thing, does change things. Um, yeah. I think, I think the players association probably does want to see this through Um and and that way they, you know, all, all players in the future um, know where they, they they stand. Yeah, I'm gonna say that too. I, and so since I make my that prediction, I make my prediction that Jimmy Graham will win. So he'll probably sign a long-term deal like tomorrow, or probably right, probably like 9:20 tonight. He'll sign the long-term deal right as I upload the podcast. So it can well, <laughs> yeah. Another, another concern is if Jimmy Graham wins the appeal, so his his uh, franchise tag value immediately jumps to 13, whatever. Um, so that that's 5 million. The saints are about what 2 million under the cap right now. So uh, then they immediately have to shuffle. You know, if he hurries up and signs that right away, then the saints are in a predicament where they've got to either cut somebody or maneuver some money that they might not want to. Um, so that's a concern too, obviously. Um, you know, this could definitely leave the saints front office scrambling. Yeah, they yeah, have to go to. And I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure the Saints know how they're going to proceed already in that situation. They mean they're not going to want to do it, but um, yeah, I- yeah. Oh, I'm they're sure prepared, they but yeah. yeah, they're they're definitely prepared. For, yeah, I mean, for like, all you, outcomes. You know, they probably would have to may probably go to maybe go to Breeze a year earlier than they want. You know, they probably right. to to do to redo Breeze next year, where now they have to redo him now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've heard some fans on Twitter kind of say, you know what. Screw it. I'm pulling for the NFLPA, even if it wrecks the Saints cap. And, you know, I want Jimmy Graham to get his. I kind of I mean, if you're rooting for the Saints and you want them to stay competitive for as long as possible and you want them to field a competitive team that has depth at numerous positions to compete. I mean, I, I don't see how you can rule for you can root for Graham in this situation. Yeah, the NFL, they had kind of anonymous people that were being kind of douchey. On. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind Jimmy Graham getting paid. Like, he's going to get paid either way. I'm not worried about him. But ultimately, if if the Saints squeeze out five million bucks or whatever it is to have a little bit more cap, and it's not five million dollars. I mean, over the life of a deal, we're really talking about one or two million dollars a year. Um, that that's really what it adds up to in terms of the cap. Um, yeah. But you know, that's flexibility to sign a mid-level free agent. So. Yeah, I mean, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I just um, it's it, the long term deal. It's got to be done, and, and I think there's there's probably like like Dave said, you know there there's probably the you know the Saints know the contract that Jimmy Graham's gonna get, and Jimmy Graham knows it too. And I think whatever happens with the ruling, they'll get it done. It'll get done. It won't get done tomorrow or Thursday, but 
it'll probably get done on the 15th. If the if the 15th happens to be a weekend, then you go back to Dave's prediction for Drew Brees where he said after the fact, we should have known that they were going to do it Friday so they didn't have to work the weekend. So if the 15th is on a weekend, bump it up, he'll sign what, on. What, what's the day? What, what is July 15th? Well, let's take a look. Uh, the fifth, the July 15th is, it is a, it is a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. So yeah, so they'll be, they'll be doing that at 11 59 PM. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Is there, as we head to training camp, we have a couple more weeks of goofiness and we get, and then we get to it. Um, Andrew, as you you start you, you know you started breaking down the roster and that sort of thing. But as you look as you look into as we look into training camp and we go and we go forward, what's the what's the one thing when you go to the Greenbrier, you lucky son of a bitch, and you're watching practice? <laughs> what's the one thing you're going to be looking at trying trying to figure out? You're really going to be paying attention to. Uh. I mean, I would say um, I'm really intrigued with uh, the skill positions on both sides of the ball. So uh, I'm really curious to see how the receiver position shakes out. And I'm really curious to see how the uh, the cornerback situation plays out. So I'll be looking at those battles in particular. I mean, I I think this roster is pretty set. I mean, I really feel like this is a mature team. Uh, I know a lot of undrafted rookies made the team last year, but I mean, I, I don't feel like we'll get that many roster surprises this year. I mean, you always get one or two um, at least, but uh, this is a mature team. The Saints know what they have. Um, so I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of shocking stuff going on, but um, I mean, it, we don't really know. I mean, receiver, we know stills is in the mix. We know, you know, Colson and Brandon cooks obviously is going to get involved, but then, you know, really the Saints play four and sometimes five receivers. Um, and so who is that fourth guy? Who, who is going to emerge? Is Nick Toon finally going to turn the corner? Is Meacham um, or is Joe Morgan going to surprise us and kind of beat both of those guys out? So Not be drunk on the green buyer golf course. Yeah, games. and actually have a knee. So, you know, that, the, the, that's <laughs> – that, that's and then, and then at corner, you know, does Champ Bailey have anything left? Um, Champ Bailey – you know, Champ Bailey is going to be really hard to predict, Andrew, because the thing is, and I, I learned, I remember, I probably told this story. But he won't be doing shit in camp. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's not necessarily that. He said, I, and I learned this by watching practice with Mike Dettelier one day, and and, he, and and I was, we were watching practice, and this was, remember Ashley Ambrose? He he played the one year for the Saints, and of he was of course awesome. he had a great year, yeah. And then he left, and then he came back after playing for Atlanta, I think it was. And he was garbage. Yeah. And he was garbage. But when they signed him in that off season year. In, when they were running around in shorts and, and what you know with training camp now they can't have two a days, he was running around and he was looking fantastic and I was like, Mike, he looks awesome. And Mike Dettelier he nudged me and he said, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, boy. He said, Veterans for NFL teams know how to look good in practice because they know how to go just fast enough to look really good. Because it's mm-hmm. not quite full speed, and that's why I think with Champ Bailey, it's going to be it could be really hard to know if he's got anything left. Because even though it'll be a good sign if he's healthy and looking really good, because if he's nicked up, then you know it's a big problem. But it could be a real issue, Andrew, where you might go out in the green pyramid, and mouth. Champ Bailey's making plays all over the place, which it's a good sign that he's healthy. But it could be a little bit of a, a 
fool's gold, sort of. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, look, the big thing about the Greenbrier, about training Old camp in general, is, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, the main thing is you want to survive. You want to get through. You want You want to have your team healthy and ready week one with as little injury as possible. And again, like I said, most of the rosters carved out. I mean, there's probably 13 roster spots that are up for grabs and about 40 guys that are locked and loaded as long as they don't get injured. So really, I mean, I think the main thing is you just want to survive major injuries. You want to try to keep those guys as healthy as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, And then really the 13 guys, the battles for a roster, those are guys like Rod Sweeting and guys like Sunseri, you know, and guys like, uh, Traveris Cadet, those are the guys, I mean, and, and really, when they make the roster, if they do, they don't even really get to play much in the real games, and maybe except for special teams, and then maybe in week 11, week 15, when, when guys start to drop like flies, but, um, you know, that that's so, it's funny, I mean, a lot of this training camp is about survival for me. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, but it's also, too, and I, I remember, um, Mike Lombardi, who was an NFL analyst, got was a GM for the Browns for like a half, you know, five minutes, and then he got fired again. He made an interesting point about, about training camp that coaches have told him. He said, you know, fans always think that you got to get through training camp healthy. That's the main thing. You just got to survive, and I think what you just said is true. He said, but a lot of coaches, the great coaches like Bill Belichick and probably Sean Payton, to extent, they realize that you really do have to work on some stuff in training camp. Like you have to, you can't just say we're going to stay the same as last year. Cause you either get better or you get worse. You don't stay the same. So Dave, what do you like? What one, if I told you one part of the team could look really good during training camp. And even though it's kind of fool's gold, you never know how it's going to go. If I could tell you, Dave, one part of the team gets to look fantastic during training camp. What would it be? They look fantastic during training, training camp. camp they, that would they, get you even more excited for the year. If you could pick one – if I said you could pick any position uh, or whatever that's going to look awesome during training camp, what would it be? Well, you probably wouldn't say this because it's hard to tell, uh, especially during training camp, but I would say the offensive line. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell. Line, I mean, they'll they'll play they'll play a little bit in the the second and third games. They'll play a they'll play a good bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, offensive tackle if Teron Armstead looks as good as he did uh, late last season in the playoffs, that'd be great. Um, you know, just in general, if the offensive line looks like they're run blocking well, uh, you know, Drew's getting plenty of time, or even the backup quarterbacks getting plenty of time. Um, because honestly, I mean, I think that's the big X factor. That's the, that's the potential weak link for the Saints this, this, this season is, is how well their offensive line is going to perform. I think a lot of, a lot of their success hinges on that. And, uh, if they look good during training camp and that carries over in the regular season, then I think, uh, things are looking good for the Saints. <laughs> All right. That wrap, that wraps up the Saints stuff. We got plenty of Twitter questions. Um, so this is from uh, Mandula, I think, and I think is he Mandula? Mandula? Why you? Why do you always say Mandula? I don't know, cause I'm horrible Dingo. at pronouncing name. Mandula. <laughs> he's uh he's from the Netherlands, so he says, uh, what World Cup team will you root? Will you guys root for now? And what team will you be rooting against? Uh, Mandula. I'm still in it. My wife, surprisingly, even though 
the Netherlands knocked out Mexico. She doesn't hate the Netherlands for doing it. She hates Brazil for some odd reason. So we root hard against Brazil. She was beside herself when Chile hit the crossbar twice. Um, so I'm going to be rooting for uh, not Brazil. And I'll probably root for Costa Rica will be the team that I'm pulling for the most, unfortunately. Andrew? You know, I've always kind of liked the Netherlands. Um, and, you know, Monadul is probably the top number one supporter of Saints Nation. So even though he hates soccer, I feel like I've got to, you know, he, he's, he's been good to me. So I've got to you know, support his country. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I'll go with the Netherlands. I mean, yeah, I don't know how invested I am at this point. Um, I just really don't want the French to win. <laughs> oh, they, oh! I forgot about the French. Yeah, you got to the Fr- France versus Germany. Though, that's hard. But I do. I you hate the French with a passion, Andrew. I do. Because you saw them up close. Yes. Dave, do you have any rooting interest in the World Cup no. that you'll be pulling for? I don't again? even know who's left. Italy, Italy's <laughs> out. Italy would be the other team I would root for. Other than that, uh, I've got no skin in the game. Yeah, I, I root for Concacaf. So I'll pull for Costa Rica. Uh, Mandula, he also asked. Is it any comfort that the Dutch commentator said this was the most entertaining entertaining game for a neutral viewer? Um, I guess so. Whatever. I mean, you know. Andrew, did you did did you take any comfort in the fact? No, the the U.S. lost. I mean, you you win or you lose, and so losing sucks. Uh, Nair Shea said he's. Near Shaw? I don't know how you say that. I think that's Near Shaw, yeah. Near Shaw. Dave, is Morstead's leg more important than Tim Howard's hands? Uh, <laughs> I mean, these are two different sports, but, uh, you know, I, I would say Tim Howard, um, he represents an entire country. Thomas Morstead, he only represents And, he, and he's the best player on the team. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think yeah. I'm going to go with Tim Howard on this one. So, I think I think the better the more apt comparison is Tim Howard to Drew Brees, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think against Morstead, I don't think there's any comparison. I mean, he's 36, right? So this is it for him, right, Andrew? Although Drew Howard, yeah, yeah, I have a hard time seeing him in the World Cup in four years. Hey, he's, Drew Brees he exten- is 36 too. Yeah, he extended. Tim Howard extended for three more years at Everton. So, yeah, but but not four. Not yeah, I know. Um, or thirty-five. But, Is Drew thirty-five um, or thirty-six? I think Drew turns thirty-five this summer, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay. Um, thirty-six. Sorry, he turns thirty-six this summer. Mandula asked Andrew, "What was Kevin doing streaking with his clothes on in the Belgium-U.S. game?" <laughs> I did see a streaker. I don't know why they do this. ESPN like refuses to show the streakers. Like they they don't Even the, the announcers don't address it and the cameras don't go you you kind of get like the aerial shot they so don't want some idiot it, running on the Brazil. field they, you're not encouraging anything show that yeah so they they don't like giving these uh these guys like their thirty seconds of fame I, I mean I, that's kind of disappointing I always think it's hilarious when a guy runs on the field and gets tackled and arrested or tased yeah or tased but uh, don't yeah Ke- that, that's actually why Kevin couldn't be on the show tonight he's currently in a Brazilian prison. <laughs> he is getting unspeakable things done to him. <laughs> Dave, so the next world sport is the Tour de France. Who will oh. be the next Lance Armstrong? Are you fucking kidding me? Don't please stop with these questions. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, cycling? That's so much worse than soccer. What cycling might be the worst. 
I mean, I wasn't even into it when Lance Armstrong was dominant. No. Um, and I I worked with a French guy who hated Lance Armstrong because he was like, the guy he cheats, he does. They all cheat. Yo, they all <laughs> cheat. That's why I don't major baseball. That's why I don't. Never. You have no idea uh, who's... Uh, uh, Dave. Now. Dave was... Uh, uh, Dave. Like an AM radio. D- Dave. Uh, every player in the NFL is on HGH. That's <laughs> not true. Most... A lot of them are, but not all of them. Almost all. Should... Andrew, should Rob Ryan sign Tim Howard as an extra safety? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, should... Mm, <laughs> I think you should sign the... I, I think you should sign any guy on the American team that has dual German citizenship, uh, which is basically the entire team, um, and make them play safety. Yeah. Mandula asks, now that two tiny lands in Europe devastated the Marlboro household, it's true, will you now kick me in the ovaries? Yes. My wife <laughs> was – My bless, wife. Bless her heart. She was beside My wife. She went into a, she went into like sleeve of wizard. She went into a Spanish rant over a sporting event, which I had never seen her do ever when Mexico lost. That's how like she was just beside herself. You know? Do you think Do you think Ralph ever goes like seven minutes without talking about his wife? No, it's like four. Oh, well, okay. I mean, it's World Cup, right? It's my crowning achievement in life, Andrew. I'm married. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, and I got, but I, but on a, on another note, I did have two people on Twitter wish for my dick to fall off yesterday, which was nice. Oh, wow. wow. So. Lucky you. Lucky I'm you. guessing, I'm guessing you blocked them. You gave them uh, the, uh, Jeff I Duncan blocked treatment. Them. One of them was, we, I was talking about the Hobby Lobby Supreme Court case, but one of them did it because I was an Everton fan. Oh, wow. Not, not the one guy that I talked to who's a Liverpool fan, but this guy, I'm like, dude, I'm, I really I like Everton, but you know, you, you want my dick to fall off? I'm just gonna block you. Um, so um, who is Dave? Who is not tired of the Graham thing? Uh, it is not pay the man, but rather sign already. Damn it, and sigh. Lissai. <laughs> um, I am definitely sick of the Graham thing. I am looking forward to Thursday. Uh, either way, much, yeah. Either way, very much looking forward to Thursday. Exactly. I feel like we were exceedingly patient this time. You know, I, I think just with Bounty Gate and Drew Brees, I mean, there was so much waiting with both of those situations, um, and so I, I think we were actually really patient about this. And I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, for me, I've really just felt like in the last week, um, I've just been so over it. Like, God, just end this already, please. Yeah, I mean. This was a little. This was a little bit different than Drew Brees, um, because I, like there was a hundred percent chance that I thought you know Drew Brees wasn't going to play for anybody else. There was a little bit in this offseason going into it where I was like, there was like a five to ten percent chance that I thought some team could do something crazy stupid to sign Jimmy Graham away. Like it wasn't a high percentage, but it was possible. Drew Brees, they did the the tag where nobody could even negotiate with him, right? So it was. Yeah. Um, so our uh, our final question is from John Fredrickson. I'll give it to you, Dave. It's another question about Tim Howard. Should the Saints special Jesus. team sign Tim Howard to block kicks? Oh, the next Steve Gleason. 
sure, sign him up. Give him a contract. <laughs> Get him in there. Put a helmet on him. Um, I have I have a feeling uh, minimum wage in the NFL is less than what Everton is playing paying. Yeah, him. probably. He's probably making he's probably making about four million at least with Everton. I think whatever what 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 is uh what is two million what is two point three million pounds, Andrew? Uh, I think yeah, it, that's like that's I think it's double, thing. isn't it? Isn't isn't a, a pound like two dollars? Yeah, a little less than that, I think. So. Like about four million then, right? At least. And he gets to walk after his career is done. <laughs> that is yeah. true. That is true. He might not be able to walk after today, actually. <laughs> final question from OK Awesome. Football. Yeah, I thought related. the last question was the final. Okay, Dave. The CFL guy is he going to make the team? The safety. Oh. Uh... Marcus. Was it Marcus Ball? Yeah, Marcus yeah. Ball. Uh, I have no idea. I have not seen him play. I, I, I have no idea. We play uh, safety. Know. He's got that going for him. Yeah, he plays <laughs> safety, so they're going to keep like 10 safeties on the roster. So uh, He's definitely got a chance. I would assume that they saw something in this guy, so I would say his chances of making the team are better than they are of him not making the team. Yeah, I'm with Dave, because if you look at it, I mean, obviously you got your top three safeties, um, and really – He's kind of the fourth right now. I mean, I can't really think of anyone else on the roster. I mean, they drafted Sanceri. Um, They've got Warren and uh, I think Ty Zimmerman or something. I mean, they've got a couple guys that are undrafted. He's, he's gonna he's gonna have to battle Sanceri, uh for that spot, and he's gonna have to show on special. Sanceri's coming off a knee injury, though. I mean, I, he's, I, he's I think he'll be ready, though. And it, it wasn't he, like no, a, he will. But I just I I think this kid is probably. The odds-on favorite to be the fourth yeah. I think, and they're probably keeping five. Yeah, and I mean they're probably keeping five, and and uh, so Sinceri could make it too. And and I think they may want to. They Sinceri may be may be a guy that they want to try to sneak through on the practice squad. You know, but he's gonna. I mean, the thing about Sinceri, he's gonna he's gonna play his ass off in special teams because because that's he was really good at it at Alabama. Well, that's and what he, they're saying. Marcus Ball is. Oh, he, okay. Kind of niche is uh, awesome special teamer too. So. I, yeah, I mean, it, I think it'll come down to which one is, is running down there making tackles. Yeah. So if I they mean, do, Marcus, if they, Marcus if, Ball should be practice squad eligible too if this is his first season in the NFL. Yeah. yeah so if if either one of them pulls a, a Martez Wilson and is offsides twice and on special teams plays, <laughs> know that they're gonna get cut. <laughs> um. So that about wraps it up. Yeah, that's uh, that's, my, that's my favorite thing in the preseason games. Once you get into the fourth quarter, anytime you see a holding penalty, you're like, well, he's cut. <laughs> Oh man, preseason preseason fourth quarters are the are the worst. And the thing that sucks this year is the Saints, the home game. One of the preseason home game is the fourth game, so you get completely fucked as a as a season ticket holder because that's just that's just a worthless ticket because they're not yeah. gonna play they're not gonna play anybody. At least in the preseason, if you buy the package and, and you get the 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 two preseason games either the first and the second or the first and the third at least you can be like well it's kind of real football a little bit the fourth preseason game is uh, it's 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 not even it's just it's just the NFL robbing people is what it is yes yeah, it really is the third um, one's the best one uh Dave you have the uh worst Saint in history most hated Saint in history tournament uh you have you're down to the Sweet 16. You have to Bucky Jones versus Steve Spagnola on this week. People should go there and vote. 
Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have Ditka versus Steve Walsh up tomorrow. Oh, I did Ditka won our our version, right? Ditka did. Okay, so we, mm-hmm. he's going for the twofer here. He's going for the he's going <laughs> he's he's going for the double, as they say in uh, English soccer. Um, and Andrew, you're you having stuff? You're breaking down the roster, doing all kinds of crazy stuff at Saints Nation, as always. Um, when what's your date that you're going to the Greenbrier? August second through August uh, the fifth, I believe. We uh, you know, and Andrew, he has a mailbag up there. You know, he has the five biggest question marks. You get, you want your Saints stuff? Go to Canal Street Chronicles. Go to Saints Nation. They have it up. Kevin stu- stood us up again because he's a Casanova, Bossanova, sleeping his way across St. Louis. Hopefully, he's using a condom. <laughs> uh, so I'm just saying, just be safe out there, kids. Um, so for Did they make him in that spot. Put inside the veal, zinger. Uh, so for Dave, for Andrew, for MIA Kevin, uh, I'm Ralph. Uh, be safe until next week. Sign already, Jimmy. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.